This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. (laughs) We're starting off with a giggle. I'm fighting with my microphone. (laughs) All right. I'm giggling with Mark DeZero. Hi, Mark. Hello. Frank's not here. He went to Ireland, remember? Well, that's what we're saying. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we've really used him as compost. He's kidnapped. He's in the the back closet here. (laughs) No, he's with the Blarney Stone Uh. doing his thing. So, um, yes, I'd like to welcome Mark. He jumped the train. He came all the way from Brantford. Thank you. Yes. And Mark is a garden blogger. He started up, what is it called, GardenToronto.ca? Yes, it is. A long time ago. Yeah, too long ago. How long ago? Time to dump it. Time to really? get rid of the whole thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably about seven years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, not more. And it's a great website to find out what's happening. Kind of like what I do at the beginning of the show, which is what I'm going to get into right now after I give the numbers. But, of course, we're looking forward to hearing from you, getting some calls, questions, I, you know, comments, suggestions. Actually, I have a, something I'm looking for some help on is skunks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody's got a skunk story. I've got a story about that. Well, yeah, we have a few doors down a, a, a burrow of five babies who oh. are now big enough to be out wandering around. So they're right. out wandering around. Kittens. Yes. Sweet as anything. But in my garden, <laughs> I'm just afraid I'm going to step on one by mistake. All right. So if you'd like to call up and give me some ideas on skunks or ask a question, Mark is a rose specialist. So if you've got any questions about roses, Mark's been growing, breeding, playing around with roses for a long time. Yes. And he lives on a beautiful acreage, like I said, in Brantford. He's got a nice big property, so he's got a great garden. And uh, so give us a call on anything you like, but roses and skunks are where I'm at. The phone number is, of course, 416 if you're local, 360-0740. If you're outside the uh, local calling area, it's 866 740 All right, some quick uh, announcements. I've mentioned this before, that the Rouge Valley Health System Fundraiser is on today. It's called Gates Open. It's the Home and Garden Tour. Uh, It's kind of cool because it's not just garden tours, but it's home tours. So you get to go inside some very unique homes. In, right on the bluffs. Yeah, and that's nice. It's, it's an annual thing, too, isn't it? Well, it's, this is, I think, the third annual. Okay. But it is a fundraiser for the hospitals. And so the, the, there's two hospitals that are part of the Rouge Valley Health System. So I'll be there uh, speaking at 3 o'clock. There is a speaker series this year. And so I'm on hand. There's going to be refreshments. The whole thing is all quite lovely. Where we're actually doing the speaking is the Cornell Campbell House. So I hope to see you there at 3 o'clock. Also on today, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society. 
You would normally be at that, wouldn't yes. you, Mark? Yeah, no, the, they're my buddies. I've, I've been a yeah. member there for, for many, many years, I and bet. they always put on a good show. Yeah, it's a beautiful show, and it's happening, of course, at the Royal Botanical Gardens. It's an exhibition of cut garden roses <clears throat> excuse me, and floral design. It's staged in the Camilla, Camilla and Peter Daglish Atrium. That is, of course, located at the RBG 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. It opens today from 1.30 until 5 and tomorrow from 10 until 4. Very special auction of the show roses at 3.30 tomorrow. Admission is free with your RBG admission. Um, All right. Also going on next Sunday, the Georgetown Hort Society annual garden tour entitled Through the Garden Gate. It's a tour of private and public gardens, both large and small. It's happening next Sunday from 10 until 4, rain or shine. Cost is only $10. You can purchase advanced tickets at Foodstuffs in Georgetown or on the day of the tour. Tickets are available at 14 James Street in Georgetown only. Uh, you can check their website, geohort.com. June 26th, though again, next Sunday, the Oakville Hort Society is hosting The Secret Gardens of Oakville, a self-guided garden tour from 11 until 4, nine lovely gardens to view. And you know if they're in Oakville, they're probably really lovely gardens. Um, Tickets are $15 each or two for $25 at various locations around Oakville. Again, oakvillehort.org for more information. Um, I spoke at their club one time. Did you? Yeah, about roses, about shrub roses mm-hmm. and Canadian roses. Lovely people, mm-hmm. that Hort Society. Very nice people. So I've rarely met a Hort Society that I didn't like. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's, true. They're really friendly. <laughs> Gardeners are just friendly people. That's my theory anyway. You know, they're never dull. That's for sure. No, that's They may true. be a bit odd, but they're never <laughs> they're, dull. They're, yeah, it's often quite the characters, no question. Uh, all right. And again, going on next Sunday, the St. Luke's Church Outreach Group in Burlington is hosting, and we announced this last year as well, it's a five-garden tour and English afternoon tea on Sunday, June 26th, from 10 to 5. Tea is from 2 to 5. The reason you would want to go to this and support this is because tickets are $25. All the money goes to children in need and the local food bank. So it is an initiative on the part of the St. Luke's Church Outreach Group. And just because I know you need to know this, Garden Days. This is it. We're in the middle of Garden Days. I know we're both kind of rolling our eyes. Yesterday, Garden Days started. It's Canada's national celebration of gardens and gardening. It uh, runs through until tomorrow from coast to coast. There's loads of activities to suit all tastes from demos, yoga in the garden, plant sales, concerts, garden art exhibits, grow your own food contests, the opening of the Landscapes of Canada Gardens at Ottawa's Museum of Nature, backyard parties, and so much more. Truly something for everyone, and they're all listed at www.gardendays.ca. So, and we, let's not forget, yeah. tomorrow is Father's Day. Oh, good point. So... Take your father out to a garden. To a garden. Make sure he wears a hat. It's hot out. It's going to be really hot this weekend. It's already steaming. So, Mm. all right. So more coming on Father's Day because you're right. We do have to celebrate the fathers. But for now, we have to just quickly go to some sponsors and we'll be right back to talk with Trish from Wasaga Beach. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie Dobbin and Mark DeZero, welcome. Hello, welcome. N- nice to have you back. 
Thank you. Mark was on the show many, many oh, well, years ago. It was very funny. And she's invited me back. I can't oy, believe oy, it. Oy. I don't know if any of you remember, but it, we were very silly. We were very overtired. We were in the middle of Canada Blooms. Uh, all righty. So let's head off to Wasaga Beach. Beautiful day to be at Wasaga Beach. Good morning, Trish. Uh, good morning, Charlie. Thanks for joining the show. What's going on at your place? Well, I have. we have a lavender bush. Yes. It was beautiful. The scent on the flowers were heavenly. Mm-hmm. And my husband called me a few days later and he said, come and look what's happened to the bush. The flowers are dead and all the leaves have gone brown. But mm. the stems are pliable. Is it dead or what do I do? Is it, has it been there for a number of years? Uh, about two years. About two years. So it came through the winter looking fine. Yeah. And set flowers. And suddenly now it's collapsed. Mm-hmm. Dog peeing on it? <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? No. no obviously no. something's wrong with the roots. If, something's wrong if, with the roots. If the top is collapsed, something's wrong with the roots. Yeah, it's been construction or uh, compaction. But, you know, we had a fella come in and they sprayed the, gr- uh, the grass. Oh. oh, sprayed the grass. Bug be gone. Could uh, have... He said it was all natural sprayed. Of course. There are only natural sprays available nowadays. Is it possible that the lavender could have gotten a little bit of the spray? I don't know. Is it close to the lawn? Yeah. Okay. That could be what happened. So what I would do is, uh, when when was it sprayed? Uh, about two weeks ago. Have you had any rain since then? Not a heavy rain. We've had rain, but nothing to really shout about. Yeah. So I'd be inclined to give it a thorough watering of the lavender bush. and then well, I would... we do because we have the sprinklers and it gets a really oh. good soaking. Okay. Yeah, so that's the other thing. You've got to be careful. Lavender doesn't want to be soggy. It doesn't want to be constantly wet. It um, does need to dry out between waterings. So that's why it loves a well-drained, super sunny location. Um, now, do you remember what variety it was? Because there's so many different kinds of yeah. lavenders. There's English oh, lavender, like French lavender. I know, and there's, there's some annual lavenders and perennial lavenders. Oh, I know. So you know what? Uh, trim it back. I would suggest trim it back. <clears throat> cross your fingers. Keep an eye on it. Avoid overwatering. And if, if, if the root is alive, it will come back from the root. And, and I can only think probably the spray is what did the, did the number on it. But you know what? You can always – it might be a good idea. Like I'm – you know, I live on a farm, so we don't have a lot of – uh, nostalgia about plants. Mm-hmm. There's a time to grow and a time to, <clears throat> move, to on. Yep. move on and try something new. So you might want to try, if you like aromatic plants, mm. you might want to try some different kinds of lavenders in, you know, in a similar location or, or other things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Diversity is always a good thing because if you lose one, yep. you've got the other. Right. That's absolutely true. And, and also, yeah, don't lose your mind if you lose one. It's plants... You know, we win some, we lose some. I can't tell you how many orchids I've killed over the years. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> and imagine you've killed a few roses too, haven't uh, you, Mark? Uh, roses I'm not so worried about. I had orchids as well. And, uh, <laughs> haven't we I know all? what you mean. Okay. Thanks for calling, Trish. Good luck. Uh, okay. Let's ha- head off to Oshawa and speak with John. Good morning, John. Good morning. Morning. What's going on at your place? Well, I got two peony uh, shrubs. Mm-hmm. One, one, uh, one flowered. The other one, I end up moving it to pour a cement slab for the air conditioner last year. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it's growing, but it did not flower. Yeah. Will it flower next year or not? Oh, it will if you didn't plant it too deep. Yeah. It's not unusual for them to, to take a break when they've been moved. Yeah. And sometimes if you do plant it too deep, it, you know, it's not going to flower 
but they tend to move, don't they? Yeah, Eventually, it'll move itself up as the new shoots come. And yeah. So, John, when you transplanted it, were you careful to p- replace the the peony at the same level it had been growing? Well, I pretty, I, I'm pretty sure I did, but I'm not positive. <laughs> yeah, and because they do tend to sink after we, yeah. like, if we plant, I always like to plant a peony a bit high because it will always settle after you water it in, and they do need to be just right on the surface. But don't worry about it for now. You've got green leaves. Let it settle in. Let it you know, yeah, put feed, down some new roots. Feed it well yeah. because the, the, the tubers, those long sort of like carrot-like roots yeah, that, yeah. It, that it's making will produce the flowers for next year. That's right. So, you know, if you don't get flowers next year, then the fall of 2017, you may have to lift it up and replant it just a little bit higher. But wait and see what happens next spring. Let us know. And you could also yeah. use a... Well, a, a the, per, the first one now is in the front of the house. Mm-hmm. And it, it uh, it's pretty well done flowering. Yeah. And... Now, when can I trim that back because of the uh, of all the green is starting to fall over into the other flowers? I know. I, now, is it is it uh, floppy? Uh, is it a perennial or is it the peony bushes? Oh, it's not a tree peony, is it? It's a it's a herbaceous. No, it's it's a it's a, it's a shrub. Yeah. No, does it in the winter time? Is anything there? Do, yeah. Do the leaves die down to the ground every winter, or the stems. are they stems like a bush? Well, no, they just pretty well die down yeah, to the ground. They die down to the ground. I, I could tell. So, um, yeah, so not to worry. Well, you know what? Once the flowers are done, and in this heat, the flowers are just going to be toast by the end of today with the 30-degree heat. So you can get out there, I would say, early tomorrow with some sharp pruners, cut down, cut back all those messy flowers, get them in the composter, and get that the green leaves and stems standing back up, not flopping. I can lay, just let the green leaves, uh, leaves, do I trim them back also? Nope, nope, just take the flowers. Oh, what about all that green that's starting to fall over? Well, once you take those heavy flowers off, those green stems are going to stand back up. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And remember, those green leaves are making the flowers for next year. So if you cut them off, you're not going to have as good a show. Oh, okay. Thank <laughs> you very much. And Thanks with the one you transplanted, wait, and the one you transplanted, sorry, Charlie. No, go ahead. Um, you can also use blossom-boosting fertilizer and that will also push for more flowers next year well well like something like a root booster which is a high phosphorus fertilizer yes. would also technically be a blossom booster yeah and there's also like they used to you used to be able to buy super phosphate yeah in the, uh, in the hardware stores oh. i don't think i haven't seen it i haven't seen it in a while it's good when you need to push those roses or what, what about bone bingo meal? what about bone meal that would do the same thing that's true technically Sprinkle a little bone meal around. I love bone meal when I transplant. I mean, I, you know, whether it's a quick start or a root booster or a bone meal, you've got to do some kind of high phosphorus. That's the middle number in the three numbers on your fertilizer package. High phosphorus to push roots when, when you first transplant or plant and ultimately also supporting the development of flowers. Right? Yep. Exactly. All right. We need to go to a break, but we are not going anywhere, so don't you go anywhere. We will be right back. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hello, not just Charlie Dobbin, but my special guest, Mark DeZero, is here. He's well, a hello. rose specialist, he's a blogger, and he knows a lot about gardening, as you can tell from the last 20 minutes when he keeps trying to interject <laughs> and I keep stepping no, on him. wait a minute, I'm Charlie. Sorry. Let me say something else yeah, I here. know. I think he's liking his voice on radio. Uh, all right, numbers to call because we do have a line open, 416-360-0740 or 866 866- 
740-4740. Mark, a quick question before we go back to our callers. Have you ever... Or, you know, I don't want to suggest that any of us are aging, not gracefully in, in any way. But, you know. What are you, you implying here? I'm just wondering if you, if, you know, I've known you for a number of years. Are you ever experienced like stiffness in your fingers, your knees, or your hips, or any oh, of your joints? Oh, you know, my right knee lately going down the stairs after waking up in the morning has been giving me so many problems. Just stiff in general. Well, sure. that, okay, so there you go. I wasn't trying to be rude, but yeah, so you are finding this. Dr. Charlie. I know. I know. This is really got nothing to do with, nothing to do with gardening now except look at this. it does. What do you think of this one here? It looks like a knee, yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> if you want to stay active, we all want to keep gardening. We all want to keep doing the things we've been doing, whether it's, you know, ultimate frisbee or shoveling snow. We want to keep doing it. Um, Frank and I both take a product, and I've brought you a sample called Sierra Sill. Completely natural mineral supplement from the Sierra Mountains, um, packaged together into little capsules. All your information is there, and I'm just going to suggest to you that you try it. Three pills a day, follow the instructions, and you will know within 14 days whether this product works for you or not. You're going to either feel better or you're going to feel the same. Trust me, you're not going to feel worse. So <laughs> my suggestion, my suggestion no, definitely. is, yeah, if you want to try it, and then let us know how it goes, because it's uh, something that both Frank and I have had good experience from. So, Sure. Do you get a commission if I feel better? Uh, no, but we're always happy for testimonials. They have a great website. Check their website at sierrasil.com or give them a phone call in Vancouver, one eight seven seven joint 14 Well, now that you've hooked me up, I will definitely tell you what I Oh, I feel like a drug dealer now. Oh. All right, let's go to vegetables. Vegetables, Siva in Toronto. Good morning. Siva, are you there? Yeah, but I'm crying. Okay. Oh. How's what's my going Brussels on? My Brussels sprouts, my cabbage, cauliflower, all growing nicely. And all of a sudden, some possum is introduced into the area. At everything. Took the hearts off. Oh. I, I can't believe it. Do you, have you seen the animal? Yes, yes. I didn't know until a je- my neighbor told me it's a possum. I didn't even know we had possums. Oh, yes. And I live in the Gin Eglinton Flats area, and every year they seem to have to bring some animal in the neighborhood. Oh. Last year, the deer got killed. Oh. So that was one less problem. Yeah. Not that I didn't no. feel sorry for the deer. Of but I told them it wasn't a good area for a deer because it was running across Jane Street. Oh, you know? yeah. Not good, no. Well, you know, oh, okay. we love our parks. You well, know, we have to realize that nature is all around us. Okay, so what do you think about possums? Mark? If, if you have any vegetables left, you could always try spraying them with a soapy mixture of something that doesn't taste very well, like chili peppers and, oh. and soap, and you spray that on there, and the minute they taste it, they won't like it. Okay, or you know what else would work? Have you ever tried this? Oh, no. Plant skid. So P-L-A-N-T, the word plant, uh-huh. and then same word S-K-Y-D-D, double D. So okay. plant skid, it is a repellent. Okay. It's proven effective. It was originally designed to repel elk in, oh. I think, Finland is where this is originally from. But it does, I've, you know, there's great testimonials on this one. It is uh, proven to outlast and outperform all other repellents up to six months over the winter. It's effective against deer, rabbits, voles, elk, moose, chipmunk, squirrels, nutria, opossums, and mountain beaver. It's rain-resistant. It's safe for use on vegetables. It's completely organic. Uh, I would recommend that you get a hold of some plant skid. Okay. And they do have a website, of course, and it's www.plantskid.com. Okay. 
okay, do you think I could plant some seeds now or it would be pointless? I wouldn't plant seeds. I would plant some small plants. Okay. Um, uh, my fear is that the stores aren't going to have any left, so... Well, All I can, right. I can tell you the Canadian Tire I used to work at does have some vegetables still, so there okay. you will find there's still some out there. Okay, I'll try to see if if I don't get the plants, I'll have to go and buy some beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Thanks thank for you. calling, Ziva. Okay, Good luck with that. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Aw. Always something, eh? Yeah. You must have run into a few critters over the years out, out oh. in the rurals there, out oh, the farm. a few. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the first time I saw a possum, they looked like giant rats because they have a, a hairless tail. tail. And this possum was playing possum. It was in the barn. I walk into the barn, and there it is, curled up, looking dead, baring its teeth. And I'm thinking, Aah! Is it on its back or its front? On its side. Oh, okay. It's like Baring a, its teeth. Baring its teeth. Oh not God. not growling, but just like as Showing. like a cadaver. Yeah. You know? Ooh. 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 <laughs> so what'd you do? Grab a shovel and pick oh, it up? Oh, I left. Yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, no. But You, you know, figured we, it was playing possum. The reason we have possums now is because we had such a mild winter. Yes. The previous two winters with the polar vortex mm. killed off a lot of those possums because yeah, yeah. we're right on the edge of how far north they can Yeah, go. that's right. That's why I think, yeah, yeah, possums are a bit unusual. And and you, you often see them so frost-damaged, burnt ears, burnt yeah, tails. So yeah, the, yeah. they're suffering, but what can you do? That's right, with those hairless tails. Okay, look, the next caller is going to ask something about roses. This is for you. Wanda from Scarborough. Good morning, Wanda. Wanda, hello. G- hello. Hello. How are you? Oh, pretty good, thank you, Charlie. How about yourself? Excellent. Tell us about your roses. Yes, I thought how timely that Mark is on. <laughs> I have two miniature roses in the garden, doing beautifully. Mm-hmm. One of them has nine buds on it, and when we had that cold snap, I came out the next day, and it lost its color in the uh, leaves. Oh. So one of the other one is doing fine. It's about three feet away, and it's still normal. So are they, mm-hmm. the leaves are white or yellow? No, they're kind of beige. Yeah. Some, sometimes um, when, say, you have uh, a rose bush and it's being crowded by other perennials and you remove those leaves, it will get scorched as well from the sun. So the leaves on roses, they can get damaged either by the frost or by sun. Um, there's you can't fix them once no. once it's like that you have to wait for new growth yeah. to come in new and, leaves. and it's important right now with the heat that we have mm-hmm. that you make sure that they're well watered and and fed roses like to be fed so that they'll grow new again right. but what's nice about miniature roses is that they're very easy to produce from cuttings mm-hmm. so if you have some f- some favorites mm-hmm. um, when you've got some hardwood stems on them cut and make some some cuttings you can do them many why would different you use ways. hardwood stems why not softwood you you could <laughs> but often you want to see the flowers right. so it's easier to cut the stem after the flower's finished right. and by then it's hard, hard if right. you were a commercial producer <clears throat> yeah, you'd, you'd cut all the soft yeah because then you'd have it uh, faster yes exactly and just cut off the buds exactly yeah because you don't take cuttings and leave the buds on you've got to cut off any buds that are there Yes. Well, now, the buds are starting to open up, nice. mm-hmm. which is a good sign. It is. And you know what? I think Mark's exactly right, Wanda. You will start to see new green leaves from from way down low off the main stem, little all, tiny... All the leaf, you know, the yeah. axles, the branches. Yeah, it's you all going to uh-huh. start to leaf out again. And that's exactly probably what did happen is the cold caused yeah. uh, something to drop, whether it was bulbs went down or something went down, and all of a sudden the rose was exposed and got burned, sunburned. But it, if it's a you know reasonably healthy plant, it will with It'll come through fine. Oh, so 
I'll just wait and let it do its thing. And water and fertilize, like yes. like Mark said. Roses are are heavy feeders. They like to be fed. Okay, so I can fertilize now then. For mm-hmm. sure. And just keep an eye out because... Uh, Canada Day is it um, the first of July? Uh, Japanese beetle come out, so you want to make sure that they're not going to damage your roses. So you just start watching soon. Yeah, for those we've pesky been watching beetles. for uh, aphids, our roses, mm-hmm. and we've been watching for the sawfly, green, those little green larvae that chew the leaves, mm-hmm. and then of course the next pest that our roses might attract are Japanese beetles. Oh, I didn't have any last year. So Either maybe did I'll I. Be so, oh, cross our good. fingers. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have any last year either. So I've always got some cold winter. I know. And when I've had them, they like my beans more than my roses. Mm. Uh-huh. Well, I guess you're right about maybe it got sunburned yeah. because mm. it was just sort of an overnight thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. I had cut out something that was beside it to give it a little more room. Oh, oh yeah. There yeah. you go. There you go. Good, huh? good uh, suggestion there. All right, well, there, that's, okay. that's the answer. Thank you, Wanda. Thank you very much. All right, Mark, man, you're just, like, clicking here. Uh, Might just have to get you to come more often. All right, let's go to Peterborough. We're all over Ontario today. Ruth is on the line. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning, Charlie. It's Ruth uh, from Peterborough. Yeah, thanks for calling. At University. And I have uh, something eating my Engelman ivy. Uh, it's... Uh, the leaves are just withering down near the bottom, and I have two arbors. The hmm. one arbor hasn't been touched, but the other one is. And do you see any evidence of any insects? No, I can't see anything at all. But I do know that we have had it before, and my husband used to spray it with something, and I don't know what it was, but I tried some Raid, and uh, I don't think that was a good idea. <laughs> no, plants don't like Raid. If you read the package, it'll say, do not spray on plants. Oh, okay. Uh, um, Okay, if you don't see insects, so tell me, you say the leaves are withering. What do they look like? Like they're just folding right in, and they're not a nice, healthy-looking leaf. They're sort of um, wrinkled. It reminds me of peach curl. Yeah. Which is a fungal problem. Right. uh, Okay. So, uh, wettable sulfur. If it is a fungal problem, then wettable sulfur in a soapy solution sprayed on there is uh, is one way. Uh, but often you have to remove all of the uh, uh, damaged leaves because things like that can spread. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I was afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, we do have sulfur because, uh, and so maybe my husband did use that. I don't know. But I was wondering just about, uh, like, soap and water, as you'd mentioned there before. Soap and water is a really good insecticide. So if it is insects, if you coat them in soap and water, they can't breathe, they die. Uh, But if this is a fungal problem, so you need to do a little bit of investigation. You need to actually go into the leaves, open them up, see if there is an insect that's curling the leaf over. Uh, If that's the case, then use the soap, definitely. But Uh, remember, the soap has to contact the insects, so you'd have to peel open every curled leaf. Mm -hmm. If there are insects in there, then you've got your soap close by, not detergent, but soap, so insecticidal soap. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's the contact of the soap on the insect coating its little body that kills it. 
Okay. You know, if it's but a fungus, if there's no evidence of any insects whatsoever, if it's a fungus, then you have to. A, a good solution would be a summer application of dormant oil spray with salt, wettable sulfur. They they have you use almost half the amount, so it's not as damaging to the to the leaves because bark when it's when the tree is bare, it, it can take a lot of yeah, of sulfur yeah. and oil and that sort of thing. <clears throat> leaves are tender, so you have to be careful what uh, what you use on them. But that is is something that you would use on peach trees that have mm-hmm. a similar problem. Yeah, and okay. if it is a fungal disease, and you know, we've said this before, you can't eradicate a fungus. You can treat it, and you can slow down the spread of it, but you can't eradicate it. And the, the trick with fungal diseases is that we, tr- we do things in advance to prevent fungal diseases, and sulfur is our go-to um, for preventing fungus on plants. So, um, and the only other addendum, and this is like in really big capital letters, is don't spray anything on any plants at high noon in the kind of weather we're no, having right no, now. No, Because okay. yeah. the plants will suffer so much, whether it's simple soap or sulfur, oil or anything. There's no spraying after 6 a.m. and before 6 p.m. or even 8 p.m. It's very much of a early day, late day spraying if we're doing any spraying at all in this heat. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I do have sulfur and uh, in the cupboard, and yeah. I'm sure that that's likely what my husband used. Okay. Yeah, so, so read the instructions that. on that, and like I said, look at, you know, and we always do our spraying when there's very little wind, which tends to yeah. happen yeah. at sunrise and sunset as well. That's sunset true. is a really good time because then it it doesn't, if the active ingredients, they don't sort of dry yeah, up. Yeah, evaporate because, immediately. Yeah, because yeah. The, the, yeah. it's moist Sun. all night yeah. long. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if you can do that, that would be a good idea. Okay, thanks uh, very much. I appreciate your Thank you for calling. Information. Yeah, appreciate hearing from you. Okay. All right. Thanks. Well, thank you. All right, so listen, I think, Sebastian, we better take our, our next break, and then we will be right back. We've got lots of people lined up. Look, we've even got an orchid call. Perfect. <laughs> Mark and I know lots about orchids. <laughs> we can help you for sure. <laughs> okay, thank you. We'll be right back. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. (laughs) All right. I'm here in the studio with Mark DeZero, and if you've been listening for the last few minutes, you know that I gave him a sample bottle of Cirocil. So now he's so (laughs) excited. Ripping it open. He's ripping it open, and now he's going to... It's three little pills, not just one. If oh, you, you gotta three? Re- three. You got to take three. Okay. Because Cerasil is a highly effective natural mineral complex clinically proven to support joint health and mobility. And Mark uh, gardens in a very large garden, and he's swallowing down his Cerasil. And he is going to report back. I guess we'll have to get him to call in either next week or the week after, and that'll be 14 days. And you're going to take okay. that every single day. So. Two weeks from today, I expect a call or an email or something. I was expecting some immediate transformation like <laughs> Superman or Batman here. <laughs> Charlie. Yeah, you look the same. Yeah. But listen. But look, I'm high kicking now. I was going to say. <laughs> He's looking more mobile by the minute. So if you, we are joking because it's not that fast. But nevertheless, yeah. it does work. Well, they were easy to take. I can tell you that Frank right now. Frank and I have been doing this for a number of years, and we quite appreciate the effect it's had on our mobility. So if you're interested huh. to learn more, Check out SierraSil.com, great website, or give them a call, one eight seven seven joint 14 What did you want to say? I, you know, I turned 50 in the fall. Really? And you don't look a day over 35. <laughs> it was tough. It was a really tough thing. I never had a midlife crisis, but I 
booked myself into a hotel when I turned 50. <laughs> I hope Just, without a spa. <laughs> and, and these things are of concern because mm. your body changes. Mm -hmm. Everything gets creaky and your hair starts to fall out. Well, no one wants to get older. I know, so and mornings are the hardest, I find, too. They're, oh. the, they're the stiffest. So it's that, that hot shower. Got to have that hot shower, right? Yeah. Just to get things going. So sure, I'd yeah. love to try this. All right. Well, you've just started. Your, you're in the trial process as we speak. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Okie dokie. We are going to speak with Christine in Ottawa. Good morning, Christine. Hi, hi, Charlie. Hi, what's going on at your place? Charlie, I've got these two orchid plants that I got last May, and I totally ignored them once they stopped flowering. And I'm sorry to say I ignored them, and then I didn't throw them out. I kept them, and now, Charlie, to my amazement, they've started, there are buds That's on it. Great. It's almost like it's mocking me. No. So my <laughs> question to you, Charlie, how often do I water it? Because I ignored it for a year, and they've, they've sprung back to life. I don't want to kill it again. How often but, do I water it? But you didn't kill it. That's the point. You see, that's yes. perfect that you ignored it. Most people kill, <laughs> they kill their plants with too much love, too exactly. much water. So, you know, it's my favorite way to water orchids, and it actually has worked. I have a couple that are alive oh, no. because I do this. Oh, no, don't it's tell a, me it's the ice cubes. No, no, oh, it's a bucket goodness. of water oh, yeah. sitting overnight, so it's room temperature or rainwater is the best. Right. Just a bucket of rainwater or tap water that's at room temperature. And mm. then I take my orchid, pot and all, and I dunk the whole thing into the, the pail of water. Charlie, I can't do that. I've got a very severe sore shoulder because of bursitis. I can't lift anything heavy. Oh, and the orchids, are, oh, the pail would be too heavy or the orchids would be too heavy? No, both. The, the, the okay. orchids in a, in a pot and then to lift them, to put them somewhere. Charlie, it's not going to be practical. All right. Any now, other thing I can do? do? First of all, what kind of orchids are there? Because there's so oh, many. Oh, I don't know. They're phalaenopsis. Okay. Are, sure. are, they, are they phalaenopsis? Yes, Do they have a long stem with, they're, with they're large? They're normal ones. They're long. They're very tall. And when they did bloom, they were white with sort of a pinkish interior. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, phalaenopsis. Yeah. So, How do the leaves look? Do the leaves look healthy and green? The leaves are wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Well, so then you, you're doing something you, right. You must have been throwing a little water their way in the last year. Just a little. Oh, no, Charlie. I Literally, I ignored it. I can't believe it. It's literally looking at me, mocking me. <laughs> and it say, you tried to kill me. And I'm, you know, it bested me. I, maybe there's somebody sneaking in when you're sleeping, watering those orchids. Oh, Charlie, I live alone. Oh. Charlie, can I water it once a week? Well, yes, once a week, once every 10 days, depending on the temperature inside your place. But you know what? Phalaenopsis like humidity. They yeah. like moisture. So yeah, Charlie, it, what about the ice cube? Is that a no-no? Well, it's not my favorite way of doing it. That's three ice cubes every week placed on the surface of the, really, the roots, on the right. surface of the potting mix or the right. bark mix. Um, it's a slow water, which is what, ice, as the ice cubes melt, they slowly water, which right. is good because we like a slow watering on orchids. I just think that if I was an orchid, I wouldn't want ice cubes on my exactly. roots. They're a little too cold for me. Yeah, but it is an easy way, and it certainly does work for some people. So 
you know, for you, that might be a good way to do it. Or, okay. or just a little sprinkle from the watering can every week or so. Okay. And if you have a spritzer bottle or a mister bottle, yes, I've got that. do that. Do that little spritzing, misting you, once a day. Before you go, I've got to tell you, you're absolutely fabulous. And I love your program. Oh, and I've advertised you to so many people <laughs> who are now listening to you every, every Saturday. Nice. nice. Thank you, Christine. I appreciate that. Okay, Charlie. All right. Thank good you. luck with those orchids. Oh, man. This is too much fun, eh, Mark? You're going to want to come back again. <laughs> He's laughing. Oh, that is not – I think she's she was exaggerating a bit I don't because think I think she she's exa- doing a good job. She's doing something right. She's doing something right. Don't change what you're doing if you yeah, – don't change working. success, you know. Yeah. And they're not mocking you. Orchids – yeah, plants, sometimes it feels like they are sending messages, but I don't think they're – they're ever mean messages. One message from orchids, though, that you have to realize is that if an orchid is about to die, it often will send out flowers as a last hurrah. It'll say, okay, I'm on death's door. Bingo. Here are the flowers. And then done. Well, many plants but I don't do think that. that's the many case. Many flowering plants would do that. No, because yeah. she said the leaves Because they look, look good. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny. She must have it like in the bathroom or somewhere where it's perfect humidity and the light is obviously great as well. Okay. Malcolm is calling from London. Good morning, Malcolm. Hi there. I'm just wondering, do we, does foxgloves, uh, I live in London, Ontario. Yep. Do foxgloves grow here? Of course, yeah. Whereas my son lives in the Victoria, BC. Oh, yeah. oh, everybody that's... seems to have them. Yeah. Yeah, well, they've got everything in Victoria. You don't see bare earth anywhere in southern BC. So, yeah. Here we have tons of daylilies, and out there they don't have <laughs> so, so I was just wondering if it's the temperature or the... No, yep. daylilies are super easy to grow. So once planted, they're there forever. And I think a lot of people are just happy because they flower yeah. and they're green. They're, and they're indestructible easy. daylilies. Yeah. Yeah, but I foxgloves. Like I was calling about foxgloves. Yeah. But foxgloves like a sort of like a woodland setting. Mm-hmm. They like... Uh, hum- humusy earth. Yes. They Leaf mulch kind of earth. They don't like complete shade. But, dappled. you know, dappled sun, they like they like a little bit of protection. And I think in, you know, in British Columbia, they've got that Lots in abundance. That canopy. Yeah, it's that, it's exactly, it's that dappled, like, understory plant where they naturally grow on the woodland floor beneath big old trees. So if you can find some uh, conditions like that in your garden, just make sure your soil is not pure sand or a pure clay, and that it's been super supplemented with lots of organic material. And, and you can buy plenty of foxglove seeds so mm-hmm. that you can start your own, because if you buy the ones that are already flowering, many of them are biennial. So you have that flower and then that's it. You know, so if you buy the seed, you'll grow the plant the one year and then the next year it'll flower and you can you can develop a cycle that, uh, yeah. that you can always have them. And there are some like there are they've been playing around with foxglove. And mm-hmm. so there are some that will bloom uh, every year and will okay. not die. That will be perennial. So you're right. It's like hollyhocks, right? You you let them go to seed so that, you know, you always have hollyhocks. Right. And you can do the same thing, obviously, with a foxglove. You have to let them go to seed. You don't deadhead the way we normally deadhead our perennial. Uh, your foxgloves or your hollyhocks because you want the seeds to drop because you want new plants to come up. All right. Okay, thanks very much. Thank you so much for your call. Good question. You know, we don't see a lot of foxgloves. But you know what? The Canadian Tire I used to work at, I ordered in a bunch of foxgloves. They were beautiful. People bought them like crazy. You know, the the weather, even though it's it's lovely today, the weather in southern Ontario is pretty extreme. And and certain plants, they like that sort of misty, more temperate stuff. Like we do. I mean, when it's 30 degrees, even overnight, I mean, that's just not foxglove temperature. Yeah, it's like rhododendrons, right? But try it. Try, try, try. Never hesitate to try. Experiment with new plants and push the envelope.
Absolutely. I'm with you on that. So while we're thinking and dreaming about new plants to try, we are going to take a very short break to hear from our sponsors and be right back. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And I'm here with my friend Mark DeZero. Hello. I'm so happy you're here. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I think you've been having some fun. I love you, Charlie. (laughs) Ask me anything. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Well, Norma is is waiting on the line from St. Catharines, and she wants to ask you about roses. Good morning, Norma. Good morning, Charlie and Mark. Good morning. Uh, Charlie, I don't think, I think you might remember I called in about three weeks ago wanting to replace my white rose, roses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I have since purchased three roses, mm-hmm. put them in on Monday, and within maybe an hour, one of the bushes, all the buds were just hanging. Oh. Okay. And I've kept them well watered all week, and finally yesterday, I cut the ones that was hanging. I cut them off. Did I do the right thing? Um, so just the buds were, were hanging? The yes. The stems were holding up. And when I called the garden center that I got them from, she said I disturbed the root ball. Well, of course. Yeah. In planting, you did disturb the root well, ball. Well, yes. Um, tell me about the soil you planted into. Pardon? Tell me about your soil. It's good composted soil. Okay, good. But it was it was where my other roses had been. Did mm-hmm. I do the wrong thing there? Well, mm. there is such a thing as ro- rose soil sickness. Now, every seven years... Um, oh, dear. Ro- no, 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 that's okay. Don't worry. Your, your three rose bushes are going to be fine. But if you are a commercial rose grower, you can grow roses in a field for a certain amount of time, and then you have to stop because they will not grow after, say, seven to ten years. You have to p- plant something yeah, so it's new. Like rotating the crops, right? No, but there no. is a specific problem with roses, and it's called rose soil sickness. If you just have a few roses at home, it shouldn't be a problem. But adding new compost is always a good thing. Yeah. New compost, a composted sheep manure, that sort of thing, uh, is always good and should uh, prevent uh, problems. But I but, think the idea of cutting the buds off was a good idea. Yeah. When you transplant any bush, mm-hmm. if you cut the roots, you got to cut the top because the, that top is drawing moisture from the roots. And if there isn't enough root to suck up moisture, you're going to get wilting on top. Yeah. So you did the right thing. Yeah. And but, just, the, but excuse me, the other two are fine. The yeah. buds are all standing up right. It was just this it was just one, one. Yeah. bush. Well, but then that's that's the luck of the draw. I mean, if all plants acted exactly the same, life would be simple. It, you know, yeah. Everyone's an individual. I, I think you'll be okay if you keep an eye on it mm-hmm. and you keep it well watered. Well, Cert- that's another question. Am I, would I be watering it too much every day? So yes, do not water every day. Uh, a newly transplanted bush in my garden, I will water every day for the first two weeks. Really? Okay. Yes. And then I will taper it off to uh, once a week if okay. it's new. If it is a there, I'm just wasting my I'm just wasting water and wasting my time. Uh-huh. But if it's new, I will make sure that it doesn't dry out. Well, particularly when it's thirty degrees and hot and uh-huh. sunny, for yes, sure. Of course. But you see, in my garden, if I watered every day, I would rot plants. I have a very my soil is a predominantly clay soil. Yeah. And uh-huh. it holds the moisture far more than you realize. It might look dry on the top. Move this the top inch aside, and you can see there's lots of moisture in that soil. Well, so you, you may be creating wells when you dig right. down. Yeah, yeah. You're creating a pond. A bowl. 
pool, yeah. you know, no, and know. that if that fills up and it it it, mm-hmm. it doesn't drain, mm-hmm. but she's got good friable compost. Yeah. She's yeah. got good soil. Yeah. So and that I put be an the bone meal in the bottom. Excellent. And uh, they are a good rose. It's Radax bouquet. Mm-hmm. It had three symbols after its name. Mm-hmm. You know? Sounds good. Okay, so you know what? You are going to call back yeah. and let us know yes, how this has turned out. But I think you had the right impulse to take away the buds, and as Mark suggested, do keep them well watered, even if that means watering every day. Especially, two, what is it, Monday's going to be 30 degrees, mm-hmm. so definitely water, water, water. Now, there is talk about rain on Monday night, though, so we'll see if that happens. Or are you going to wait talk. until it's wilted? No, no, oh, yeah. I'm just Oh, look, saying. here's this crisp, oh, the rain will take oh, care of it. No, Mark. don't depend on the rain. True. Never depend on the rain. Because or it may the not forecasters. Come. That's right. It may not come. That's absolutely right. All right, thanks so much for your call, Norma. Thank and, you very much. All right, I think we might have talked to just fit in Jean, who's calling from High Park. Good morning, Jean. Good morning. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. Uh, I have plum tree on my backyard, mm-hmm. and plum has a scale on a on a on a bottom and on a top, and leaves start crawling. Uh, so what I should do it? Go ahead, Mark. I would say the um, the best. You know, thing is prevention. So if if you had sprayed uh, over the winter with a dormant oil spray, that gets rid of a lot of the scale eggs and and that sort of problem. Mm-hmm. Again, if you can find dormant oil spray, you and, can. So what you do is you go to your local, whether it's a hardware store, preferably a garden center, ask for a dormant spray kit. If you don't have this at home, it'll be a box with two bottles inside the box. One is horticultural oil. One is lime sulfur. Read the instructions. There is very a, carefully. Yeah, there is different instructions for spring spraying and summer spraying. We are now in summer because of the temperatures we're undergoing. So you go to the summer spraying instructions, and you could potentially, fall, you know, do what they say early in the day or late in the day with no wind, and you will eliminate lots of insects on the plant. You will still see damage from those insects. Your plums may not be edible this year, but now that you've got that kit, you're going to be all over using it next spring. All right. Thanks so much, Gene. Good luck with that. Let us know how that works. And... We don't have much time left. I want to thank you again, Mark, for making the, the travel here on the GO train this morning. Well, thank you so much, Charlie, for inviting me. Thank you for your present, the Sierra Sill. Uh, I very much appreciate it. And I'm expecting a call here to the station in 14 days. Frank will love to hear from you. Call. I'll be knocking on the window. Oh, there you go. <laughs> knocking on the window. I'll have to let him in, I guess. <laughs> but for, and remember, Mark runs a great website, GardenToronto.ca, with lots of information on upcoming events and what's going on where, anywhere in the sort of southern Ontario region, not just Toronto. He's also a rose guy, as he's told you. So uh, for more information about roses, you can always contact Mark. And he's got just full of all kinds of great information. So thanks for coming again. Thank you. Thank you, Sebastian. Thanks to all our great callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.